think we all can respond and we all can relate to pain that that uh, that is in this world. I just want to say thank you to Ashley who was able to share that with all of us this morning, and of course Kim, your mom, to be that bold to give your testimony uh, to everyone in what God is doing. Can we just say thank you to them for that? You know, we, we all deal with pain, and we all deal with pain differently. Uh, the way God created us is He put within our bodies these pain receptors at these three nerve endings in our tissues and, and in different parts of our bodies so that when damages occur to our bodies, we feel pain so that there can be healing. We feel pain not for the enjoyment of just having pain or just the feeling of pain, but God created us to feel pain so that our brain can send some blood there so healing can take place. If we could feel no pain, then we wouldn't survive because it takes pain for our bodies to know that something is wrong. And the same is true in the world that we live in. We actually live in a painful world. Sometimes we cause our own pain. Sometimes other people cause pain. But there are times where because of our fallen nature and because of the way our world is, that is far from God, that we live in a painful world. But how does God respond to pain? Does God just ignore the pain that we go through? Does He cause pain so that uh, we can learn? Does He inflict pain on us so that we learn uh, not to disobey Him? Is that, is that how God operates? I thought God loved us. So we have all these questions about pain and why we go through pain. But I think we all need to understand, first of all, how God responds to pain. Because the reality is we live in a world full of pain and we experience pain from day to day. And again, we all experience pain differently. Uh, I, I, I used to love when I was sick and my mom would buy popsicles. You know when I, like when you have a fever? My mom would buy popsicles. And she used to get the red ones. I don't know what flavor that was, probably strawberry. But then she would bring home the vanilla ones, the white ones. And those were the best for me. And I knew that when I had a fever, my mom would buy popsicles. So it would kind of balance out the pain, but yet mom loves me enough to give me popsicles to cool me down. And then she would buy chicken noodle soup when I had the flu or wasn't feeling good or couldn't eat. And crackers, like soda crackers. So that was her way of responding to my pain. She would bring in some key ingredients to help bring the healing. And that's how God is. He'll respond to our pain. This past week, we were on Oahu, and we visited the North Shore. We were at Waimea. And, of course, my son, Jordan, who's 19, wants to jump off the rock. Uh, and some of uh, our relatives wanted to do the same. So they said, you want to jump? And I said, no. First of all, I'm dealing with an ankle injury that I'm trying to heal. So I, I didn't want to climb up the rocks and then jump or injure something, uh, maybe my neck or whatever it is. So I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to jump. You guys can jump. And so they said, well, do you want to film for us? You know, they have the GoPro. You know, it's a camera that you can take in the water. And I said, sure. So I went uh, to the shore, and I stood in the water, and I'm filming. They said, no, 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 swim closer. They're yelling, swim closer. And I'm like, oh, come on. They said, no, 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 swim, like right over here. So I swam out, and I'm waiting for them. But they're letting other people go so that they all can jump together. Now, mind you, I'm in the water, treading water. I, I don't have no fins, nothing. 
And I'm just waiting for them, holding a camera. They have it on this stick, and I'm, I'm waiting for them. And so they're taking their time, and they're planning what they're going to do. I'm like, just jump already. So finally, they jump. And so we swim into shore. They're not dying of exhaustion. They weren't treading water for days. So we get to the shore. Now we're on shore. They said, hey, we'll go run rock. I said, what? They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pick up the rock underwater and let's run. Let's see how far we can go. I said, how about we not? And they said, no, let's try. I said, I'm not BJ Penn. Let him do that. So they said, no, let's try. I said, okay, let's try. So we did that. And it's lighter underwater. So you're fine. You can run. And, And so we did that. And then we're done. Uh, but I wasn't wearing sunblock, and I don't go into the sun too often. So I got a little sunburn, but it wasn't that bad. But then that night, my cousins and my brother wanted to play basketball. So straight from North Shore, I had to zip it on down to the other side of the island, Waimanalo, and went to the gym and played basketball. Now, I'm, I'm nursing this injury, but you know when they put a 19-year-old on you and they have to guard you, and that kid is super quick? I'm thinking, how dare you? Put a 19-year-old who played in the state championship on Oahu this past year, who is going to college for basketball, go up against a 41-year-old man. I said, how dare you guys? So I had some problems. So at the end of the night, I'm in complete pain. My ankle is hurting. My back is hurting. My face is sunburned. And my hair hurts. So I'm in complete pain. The next day, I'm walking, you know, kind of crooked and gingerly because my body is in pain. Now, that's just physical pain. We all deal with different kinds of pain. Sometimes we have an an internal kind of pain, uh, an emotional kind of pain. Or maybe there's heartache or the kind of pain that only you can understand because someone said something to you. We're all going to deal with pain. And we're all going to deal with pain differently. Some of us have resentment, we have bitterness, we have anger, and we go through that kind of pain. Or we're disrespected and now we're, we, we have this pain and we carry it. Or we lost a loved one and we have this pain. Or, or maybe someone lied to you and now you, you, you feel hurt because of that. Maybe you went through a divorce or are going through it. Or maybe you're separated. Or maybe you feel unloved or rejected. Maybe you're going through an abusive situation. Or you feel alone. And there's that pain. Or financial hardship. And it's painful. Or maybe you're, you're going through something so painful that you feel that nobody else understands. And you don't know how to deal with it. You're wondering, how, how do I deal with all of this pain? Well, in the same way God created our bodies to respond to pain, He responds to our pain and the kinds of pain that we go through, whether it's spiritually or emotionally or sometimes physically. He says, I I respond to your pain because he is the inventor, not of pain, but of the response to pain. God doesn't cause pain to happen to us. In fact, we're going to look at a man by the name of Hosea. And Hosea was a man who was given a situation that was unlike many of our situations as a way for God to show people uh, at that time, as well as us, how he responds to sometimes weird situations or even painful situations. In fact, we're going to learn from this man and, and, and I just want to give you the history of Hosea and how he was able to, to deal with not just the pain but, but rely on God and how God responded to the painful situation he was going through. And Hosea led the people of Israel through a short time period 
He was one of what we call the minor prophets. That he would speak to the nation of Israel about their rebellious heart towards God. That they were running from God. They were disobeying God. And Hosea came along and said, you guys aren't getting it. God is going to have to show you through my life how you're living towards him. So God called Hosea to a weird, kind of painful situation. In order to send a memorable message to the people, God called Hosea to marry a harlot, a prostitute named Gomer. And so he does that, and the example was to the example God was looking for was to give the people a visual demonstration of their unfaithfulness to God. That Hosea had to every night watch his wife leave the home and do what she had to do and feel the pain of her leaving his side. And her being an adulteress now because she's married was showing the people that that's how God felt with us. That we were unfaithful to him even though he was faithful to us. So God said, Hosea, this is what you need to do to show the example of what people are doing to me. That even God feels pain. He goes through heartache. When we go astray from him and betray him, he says, I feel pain too. But God, God responds to pain not like us. He responds in a different way. And when Hosea spoke to the people, he could speak with, with empathy and he could speak with compassion because he was actually living in that situation. He could tell people, turn back to God because I know how God feels when someone leaves even though he is faithful. Because he is a faithful husband. Hosea is saying, I'm a faithful husband, but yet my wife continues to go off. Now the story concludes with, 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 them turning, with her turning around and coming back to her husband, but we've got to find out how God does that. Because there's pain that we all feel. And even though this woman, Gomer, would drift, God would respond to it and it would turn out together for the good. There's the first thing we got to learn. And you can take out your notes from your bulletin and follow along. Here's something we got to understand. That God will guide us. He guides me for my good. He will constantly guide us for our good. And you might think, yeah, yeah, I, I try though. I try my very best. But I, I keep finding myself in the same situation over and over. I still live with pain. I still remember pain. I still have pain and I carry hurt with me and I can't let it go. I don't know what to do with it. Well, God will respond to that. Why? Because He guides us for our good. He'll constantly guide us for our good. Hosea 2, verses 6 through 8. Speaking of the situation with Hosea and his wife Gomer, the Lord says, Therefore I will block her path with thorn bushes. I will wall her in so that she cannot find her way. She will chase after her lovers but not catch them. She will look for them but not find them. Then she will say, I will go back to my husband as at first. For then I was better off than now. She has not acknowledged that I was the one who gave her the grain, the new wine and oil, who lavished on her the silver and gold which they used for Baal. Baal was a foreign god that they would use all the things that were supposed to be used for God, they would use it for this other god. It's kind of like us. God is saying, there's things that I've given to you that are supposed to be used for me, but you use it for other things. Sometimes for self-gain, sometimes to win friends over, or you just squander it. But God says, no, no, I'm the one that has given you all these things. 
And he was using Gomer as an example to say to the people that she's going to return because it's far better off for her to be with her husband than it is to be with all these other so-called lovers. Because they weren't there to love her. They were there to just get from her. Where she had a husband who was going to love her for who she is and is going to provide for her. And God says, I love you with an everlasting love. I'm going to provide for you. But if you go off in all these different directions, you're going to find in the end, it's not going to work. And so what God does is he, put these, he puts these thorn bushes. In other words, God says, here I am, right here. He says, here I am, right here. And we try our very best to go to God, but then in this thing called life, we have all of these other paths that we can take. Whatever path that would be. But it's not close to God. It's farther from God. It's away from God. But it only causes us more pain. And so what God says, because He loves us, He says, I'm going to put in all these areas thorn bushes. And He says, the reason why I'm putting thorn bushes is not to inflict pain on you because thorn bushes are not painful unless you run into them. So God says, I'm going to put this here because it's for your good. And he says, the pain you will feel from just a little sting from this thorn bush nowhere compares to the pain you will feel if I didn't put those thorn bushes around and you went off in your own direction. That short sting of correction, small price compared to the major pain you will feel later. So he says, because I love you, I will surround you with these thorn bushes like a hedge of protection to guide you to me. That, oh, I can't go, oh, no, that hurts, no, that hurts, oh, that hurts, that hurts, that hurts, that hurts. <gasps> ah, that doesn't hurt at all. In fact, I feel like that's what I've been created to do in the first place. God says, there is a way. But you have to turn towards me. Otherwise, you're going to get hit every now and then by these thorn bushes. And God says, I don't put that there to cause you pain just for the sake of pain. I put those things there to guide you back to myself. See, God sets these things because He knows that as human beings, we want to do things our own way. And we don't do the things that are good for us. We want the result of what is so-called good, but we don't, we don't find the way there that is good. It's like, let's just say, it's summertime. Right now it's summertime. And many of us, we want, to, we want the beach body. And so we say, it's summertime, I want the beach body, because we're going beach tomorrow. i got to lose 50 pounds by tomorrow. So I'm just going to drink water all day. I'm not going to do anything. And that's it. And so we think we're going to get abs in 15 minutes, and you're going to get a slender body in a day. And so we do what's unhealthy for us, to do something that we think is going to end up good. And God says, that's not how I work. You, you try to do that physically. That's not how I work even spiritually. I do things differently than you. That God says, I will guide you for your good. We do things not for our good. And God knows that. He says, these storm bushes nowhere compares to the pain you will inflict on yourself. Therefore, I will guide you back to myself. And He guides us back and helps us along the way for the greater good news. 
because He has good news for us. God wants us close to Him so that He can guide us through this painful life. He says in Hebrews 2, verse 1, So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift from it. Sometimes we listen, but we don't listen very carefully. We hear something, we say, oh, that was good. Wow, that was good. God, I'm going to write that down. Uh, uh, I got to memorize this. This is really good, honey. You got to do this. Look at this one. You got to, oh, if you apply this, oh, man, you change your life. And we write those things down, but we do nothing with it afterwards. God says you got to do something with it. It's like God saying, okay, don't go this way, this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. And we say, oh, okay, got it. Got it. And then the moment we feel tempted, we say, huh. I wonder what this way would be like. God says, I just told you not to do it. I know, but, you know, it's not hurting me now. Yeah, not until you run into the thorn bush. Then when we're in smack dab in the middle of the thorn bush, we're like, God, help me. Help. He says, I, I did. I told you where not to go. I, I know. I know. Okay. But this time, I'm going to learn. This time, I know last time, I didn't listen. But this time, I, I yeah, 45 times you told me. But this time is it, Lord. And you know what we say? And I've said this before. Lord, I'm going to be in your word. I'm going to read your word every single day. Look at that. 21 days I was reading your word. Next day, I forget. Next day, next thing. Two years later. And then God says, I've been guiding you all along, but you've forgotten about me. You've drifted from me. And then what happens is we fall into the routine of only calling out to God when we're in pain. That's all. And then when we find ourselves in a painful situation, we pray, which is okay. But it's like God is saying, wait, why do you go into the thorn bush and then find yourself here and then say, ah, that hurts. God says, I told you when you were here, when it didn't hurt. Because you know how long it takes for us to get out of this thorn bush? God got to remove one thorn at a time. You ever stepped on like, we call it kukui. Or uh, the, the pokies on the foot. What else is it called? Sleeping grass. Vana. Oh, you went deep. Uh, but we, we, well, Vana is a good example, but not the way you, anyway. It takes a long time to deal with the pain that God was trying to help us avoid. But sometimes we say, ah, I'm just going to try it. And God says, man, you, you could save yourself 10, 15 years of having to deal with that stuff. If you just come to me and follow me. So he says, listen very carefully. Lest you drift away. And to listen, it doesn't mean just to hear and that's it and write it down. He's saying, no, you, you follow through. Do something today. So that you avoid what will happen tomorrow. And follow my ways. In other words, number two, God gives me hope. God gives me hope for my healing. You know that name, Hosea, actually means salvation. It's like God chose Hosea in that perfect time, perfect place, created Hosea for the perfect example to be, at that time, salvation for the people of Israel. That they were drifting far from God, and God said, Hosea, you're going to show my salvation, you're going to show my healing, you're going to show my hope through this weird situation, but this painful situation, but it's going to bring hope and healing to the people. And so as he's going through all of these different uh, examples, God says, you're going to show them my salvation. And here's how he puts it in in Hosea chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. 
And here's the word you want to circle and really remember. And it's this. He says, return. Everybody say return. Return. He says, return, O Israel, to the Lord, your God. For your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to Him, forgive all our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praises. In other, in other words, we've got to return back to God so that He can forgive us. Otherwise, we cannot have a joyful life. There's no way we're going to praise God. There's no way we're going to be thankful if we don't return back to Him. He says, you've got to return back to me. Otherwise, you're going to live in your pain. You're not going to feel joyful. No one stays joyful with a thorn in their foot. You can't have a happy day. It hurts. You got to deal with the pain. Some of us try to suppress our pain or we try to just leave it on the side and say, no, if I don't bring it up, then it won't hurt. If I don't tell anybody, it won't, happen. It won't hurt me. It won't hinder me. I'll just carry on with life. And God is saying, no, no, you got to confess it to me because there are certain things that are hidden deep down inside that are still hurting you and you don't even realize it and you take it out on everybody else when you should bring it to me. It says, return to me. Don't return to the pain. Don't return to the suffering. Don't return to the incident. Don't return back to the word that was said to you or the the pain that was given to you, the hurt or the resentment, the bitterness. Don't return to that. Don't don't go to other people and gossip and and talk about other people. He says, no, no, you return to me because I'm I'm the one that has hope and healing. It's not going to be in these other things. Don't revert back to your past in order to try to move forward into your future. That will never bring hope and healing. He says, I bring hope. I bring restoration. Hosea 14, verse 4, the Lord says, Then I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. You see, God was angry at the nation of Israel because he had the solution. God says, I have the cure. I have the remedy. I can help you through your pain. And the people still rebelled against God. They ran from God. They disobeyed God. They betrayed God. God got angry. We do too. We get angry if we have the solution. It's like if someone is trying to fix something and you're thinking in your head, oh, all you have to do is A, B, C. I can do it. And you're like, no, 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 we got it. We got it. Okay. Like, uh, all you got to do is change this, change that, and you're fixed. Yeah, 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 we got it. We got it. Or if someone is trying to get their keys out of the car and you know how to get in, Legally, because you're trying to help, but you had a past, so you kind of know how to get in. And they don't want to listen to you. It's pretty frustrating because you're trying to help. It's like us as parents. I know parents would relate to this, that you're trying to tell your children the right way to go. And they're saying, no, 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 we know which way to go. Or they say, I know. You tell me that every time I go out. Be safe, be safe, be wise. Drive safe, no drink, no drive. It's like, I know already. But then what do you do? You do exactly what our parents said not to do. And it's frustrating for parents because we know the solution. Why? Because we've done the very same things. And so we're trying to help. And God got angry because he said, I have the solution. I can can help you. I understand the pain that you're going through. But you got to return to me. God is telling us that he is the hope for our pain. Because sometimes we just take the pain... We feel we can handle without God. Have you ever tried to do something that you thought you could do, but ended up painful afterwards? 
like, uh, let's just say you had this renewed vision for your life, and you say, I'm going to shape. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do well. I'm going to eat healthy, and I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm get in shape. And instead of you gradually, like, running or walking first, and then go running, and then build up to one mile, two miles, three miles, you just say, I'm going to get in shape. And you run 10 miles in one day. And you say, no, this is how I'm going to do it. This is the way to go. Or, or you want to start lifting again or, or, or build your muscles up. And you go to the gym. And in one day, you do everything. You work your whole body. Eight hours. And then you wake up the next day from running 10 miles the day before or working out the day before. And you can't move at all. You can't even move. Now you're in a different kind of painful situation. And God is saying, you got to understand, we must understand that when it comes with God, when it comes to God, it's not about God solving our pain and our situation right there on the spot. It's really a relationship with Him and walking with Him side by side. Otherwise, He only becomes a doctor to fix us rather than a God whom we love. He just becomes the doctor who fixes. He becomes the mechanic for our life. He becomes the banker for when we want to withdraw cash. In other words, we begin to use God for what we want rather than to be used by God for what He desires for our life, which is for good. And then we only turn to Him when we want to because we're in pain. And He says, I know your habits. I know how you operate. I created you. I have hope for your healing. But you got to return to me, not just when you're in pain, but in a relationship that we constantly walk together. So I think we, we believe God to be kind of like a quick fix. My marriage is falling apart. My family is falling apart. And what do we say? We've got to go church. It's not a bad thing. Because how often we would attend church and God would speak exactly what we needed to hear. God is faithful. But hear my heart on this. Why don't we come back? Why don't we go back to His Word? It doesn't have to be at this church. The reason why we attend church is so that we don't fall into a routine of treating God like a quick fix. The reason why we get into the Word of God is so that we don't treat God like a mechanic, that we only go to Him when we need something. You have a friend like that, that they only call you when they need something? You see their caller ID, is like, ah! <laughs> Guarantee He's going to let you something, or she. But we treat God like that. We only go to Him when we want something. But here is what is so faithful about God, is He loves us even still. That when we pray to him, he doesn't look at his caller ID and say, Oh, it's Sheldon again. <laughs> oh, or in this case, oh, it's Heidi again praying for her husband. He's got to change now. He, he loves us unconditionally. He will always welcome us back to himself. Hosea 14 verse 8. It says, Oh, Israel, stay away from idols. And then he says this, and this is what I love. This is the good news. He says, I... And the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right. And righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. 
God knows how to deal with our pain. He responds to our pain. He knows what ways not to go. And he knows the pain that we live in. And he wants to help us with our pain, but we must let him. Well, how does God know what we go through? Because he is always present with us. He doesn't leave us. The Bible says he doesn't, he doesn't forsake us. He doesn't abandon us. In other words, here's our last point, number three. God is always present in my pain. He is always present. No matter how difficult the process of God's healing is in our life and in our pain, always remember, He is present. He is present all the way through our surgery, if you would call it that, our spiritual surgery. He is present through the entire ordeal. That's why Hebrews 12.22 can say it like this. Just let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. See, it's in the presence of God that there's healing. That even in our pain, that we're covered by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that His blood washes over us, that He washes us clean, that we're like pure water now. It's like any surgery that takes place, you need water to keep things clean. And that's what Jesus did for us. He died on the cross so that we could have a pure life before God. Will we still go through pain? Yes, but He'll guide us through our pain. He'll guide us through life to draw us closer to Him. But he says you got to hold on tightly, wavering, without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promises, but we got to hold on tightly. Here's what's interesting. We can only hold on tightly to something or someone that's in close proximity. We can't hold on tightly to anything at a distance. And Jesus said when you... Hold on tightly to the Father that he, you can trust Him in His promises that He will always bring them to pass. That's the hope that we have in Jesus in being in the presence of God. We've got to understand that God is not the author of pain. He doesn't cause pain to happen. We run into it many times or sometimes people af- af- inflict pain on us. Or we live in this world, a fallen world that is... In a, we're, in a, we're in a painful world. And Jesus said it himself, you're going to live with tribulations, you're going to have troubles, you're going to have heartache. But he says, do not fear, for I have overcome the world. And it's through Christ Jesus that we find this healing and restoration. Now you might be thinking, well, okay, so how do I know if it's God helping me with my pain or if it's, if it's the devil? What if the devil throws things my way? Well, you can discern it this way. The, 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 the Bible says in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes to, it's not in your notes, but it comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So that's a start. That with, you know it's the enemy when you're in a painful situation, when it has to deal with shame or guilt or condemnation. That you're living under that oppression of shame, guilt, or condemnation. And you don't know how to deal with it. You're just living in a painful situation. And you feel ashamed of it. You feel guilty. And now the words of 
the enemy coming to steal, kill, and destroy really comes to life because that's what you feel like. And the Lord says, that's not me. I'm not authoring that. I have come to give you life. I, I came to bring you healing and restoration. That's me. Not to steal, kill, and destroy. And so there's two words that I would give to you this morning. And one is condemnation. When you feel condemned, condemned feels like you know you did something wrong and you're guilty about it. You keep reminding yourself about it, that you're condemned. You feel worthless, no value, nobody loves you. And you're full of pain because you're, you feel condemned. I did things against God, so you feel condemned. And so there's shame, guilt, and of course condemnation. That is of the enemy. And that's condemnation. Correction, however, is the other word. There's condemnation that comes from the enemy. But then there's correction that comes from the Lord. And sometimes we'll have these thorn bushes because it corrects us back to the path that God would have us on. It's not to hurt us, it's to correct us. And if there's a correcting thing that is happening, then you got to discern that. Wait a minute, maybe I'm feeling this pain because God is correcting me. He's actually helping me and guiding me. And so God is going to correct us sometimes. You know, there were two people that experienced this firsthand, this condemnation and correction. And there were two thieves, and they were crucified on either side of Christ. And when Christ was crucified... On the cross, there were two others that were being crucified. Now, we've got to remember something. The crucifixion was the Romans inflicting pain and punishment to criminals. It was a way to execute a slow death because it was more painful. So you had Jesus Christ, and then you had these two thieves. And look how Luke writes it. Luke 23, verses 39 through 43. It says, One of the criminals hanging beside him, talking about Jesus scoffed. He says, so you're the Messiah, aren't are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when I come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Here are these two sinners. They had the opportunity to find out how God would respond to their pain. One found out while the other didn't. One chose to die in their condemnation. The other one chose life in Jesus Christ and said, Jesus, I want to put my trust in you. And I put my hope in you. And Jesus said, you will be with me in paradise. See, he he chose the way that God is trying to teach us. That it's all through Jesus Christ. Here's what matters to God when, when he responds to pain. That these two criminals were in close proximity to Jesus Christ. Yet only one would be with Christ in paradise because he understood that he was to step into the presence of God. They both were in close proximity, but one chose to step into the presence of God. As God says, go right into my presence. It's that simple. 
that Christ died for our sins so that we could step into the presence of God just like that. Yeah, yeah, but what about all of my sins? What about all the things I've done wrong? What about my pain? You let him deal with that. He says, it's your move. What are you going to do? Because we could all be in close proximity of Jesus Christ. We can be all in this auditorium and all hear the same message from God, from the same word of God, the same scripture. Some will leave still feeling pain, condemnation, shame, and guilt. And then there will be some that will say, I'm free. He paid the price for my sin. I am free and therefore no longer do these things again. But then there are some of us who will feel okay for a while, but then we'll go back on doing the same things we've been doing all along. And God says, I'm trying to help you. I am always present in your pain. And even though we're in close proximity of Christ, many of us will choose otherwise. You may be in a painful situation because of something you did, just like these two thieves on the cross. Or, or maybe you, you're innocent, like how Christ was. Maybe someone inflicted pain on you. God clearly shows us that He is always present even in our pain. He experienced every single kind of pain that you and I will ever go through. And the difference between our response to pain and His response to pain is that He went through pain on purpose so that we might find healing in Him. Hosea went through a painful situation by the purposes of God because God could see the end result when his wife would turn around and come back to God. And Hosea and Gomer showed the people a great example of how God responds to pain. God will do things purposefully. He will never inflict pain on us. But he does have some thorn bushes out there to help guide us along the way. My prayer is that we don't run into them. And if you're smack dab in the middle of these thorn bushes right now, the Son of God took on the thorns for us. He had a crown of thorns on his head. And he says, I will still find you a way out. Because correction always finds its way out. Where condemnation says there is no way out. That is good news, my friends. Could you pray with me? I'm going to close our Bibles. In fact, before you pray, I want to give you this, this uh, story. Sorry. But I want us to catch this. Uh, the heart behind why God says sometimes we go through this, this painful situation. My son, Jordan, who's 19 years old, had to get stitches at the age of about four years old because he was jumping on the trampoline. And with the trampoline, can you know, there's possibility of injuries. Uh, he hit his head on one of the piping. And we had to take him to the emergency room. So now we get up there, and hopefully they could just glue it back. You know, they have the glue that they could put it back. But the doctor is there, and you know how she's trying to talk to you, but doesn't want the child to hear. So she says, it's not working. I was like, okay. She said, we need to stitch him. I was like, okay. And then she does this. So I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be the moment of truth. And so I said, okay. So she says this, you have to hold him tight. Like, oh, great. (laughs) So he's, you know, just sitting there and I'm holding him. And then I'm holding him tight. 
and she puts the needle, sorry, it's kind of graphic, but she puts the needle in the back of his head and puts in the numbing thing. And he screams. Because ah, it's sensitive, painful. And then he's squirming around and she says, you have to hold him tighter. Now, as a parent, you understand this. When your child is in pain, it hurts you. And so I'm hanging on to him as tight as I can. Now, at that age, they got energy. They got strength. And so she's trying now to stitch him. And he's not, he's, he's, he's fighting it. And he says, no, 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 it hurts, it hurts. And I'm trying to tell him, no, it's, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be okay. And he's squirming. And, and, and finally, after a while, I just have to squeeze him so he doesn't move at all. And I have to hold his head. As a parent, that's hard to do because it hurts. You're watching this. He comes to a place where he has no more strength left. But just before that, he bites me. <laughs> and I, I said, what are you doing? He goes, it hurts, you know, enough already. Well, finally, he has no more strength left. He just becomes limp. And now he's just lying there. But because he has no more strength left, the doctor can now fix what's broken. And she can stitch him up. And now she's done stitching him up, and he is exhausted. But now healing takes place. And the pain that he felt at that very moment and what he had to go through to get better, nowhere compares to the pain he would suffer from if infection took place and we did nothing at all. For many of us, we're on our way to restoration and healing and it's painful. But God says, the pain that you're feeling right now may not be the pain of what has happened or what you've been through. The pain that you're going through right now is probably healing and restoration because I'm doing surgery on you at this very moment. And it's good news because God always guides us for good. And he is the healer. He is the restorer. And he brings us good news. Amen. Would you pray with me? Let's bow our heads. Lord, as, as we uh, deal with this thing called pain, we all deal with it in different ways, yet we understand that you respond to pain. You don't abandon us. You don't leave us. You're always present even in our pain. We can always turn to you. And sometimes we take that for granted. We take advantage of it because we can just turn to you whenever we want to. But you called us to return to you not so that we continue to betray you or be unfaithful to you or waver or stray from you. You called us to return to you because you love us. Because you're the one who can bring hope and healing and restoration, even in our pain. So, Lord, I pray right now for any of us who are feeling a painful situation or we feel pain from something someone said or did to us. Maybe another Christian or brother or sister who said something that we're carrying this pain. Lord, we give that to you. Whatever pain we're dealing with, we turn that over to you. We run to you. We return to you. We don't return to the pain. We return to you. That we trust in you wholeheartedly. 
We will not waver because we can be sure that you will guide us with truth and that you will always hold firm to your promises. So in return, Lord, let us hold tightly unto you. We trust you as our healer. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen, amen, amen. Just to let you know, you know, part of a process that we go through sometimes with the healing, uh, you, you don't go through this alone. Uh, one of the things that we're watching is uh, we call it connecting with the family. We know we need one another to bring about healing. And connecting with the family are for those who are checking out the church or you've never heard about the vision and the heart behind New Hope Hilo Hawaii and you're wondering what is Hilo, New Hope Hilo Hawaii all about and so we're going to have this thing called connecting with the family uh, right now you see in back of me Alina who is taking pictures this is her way of connecting with the family that she has a gift and a passion for taking pictures you might have a gift you might have a passion for something and it's when you connect with other family members of the body of Christ that there is healing, there is hope, there is restoration. The video that we saw earlier with Ashley, she connected with the family. And she has brothers and sisters, even in the youth ministry, that is helping her with her healing, with her pain. And sometimes we feel, here's the word, ashamed. We feel ashamed. And God says, that is not of me. If you feel ashamed of something and you want to bring healing and restoration, then you hit that thing head on and you say to Jesus Christ, I want to be closer to you even in my shame because in you there is now no condemnation. There is now healing and restoration. And now we can be thankful to Christ Jesus because of who he is. Alina is working on something for connecting with the family, so we want to say thank you to Alina for using her gifts for the Lord. <laughs> We're going to conclude this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand. And, and because of time, I'm going to dismiss you. Uh, we got to remember this, that God will always respond to our pain. Amen.